Hello, and welcome to the Totally Clinical podcast, brought to you by Techro. Totally Clinical is a deep dive into the freshest trends, big time challenges, and most excellent triumphs of clinical trials. I'm Hannah, your host. Join me as I chat with industry experts, trailblazers, thought leaders, and most importantly, the people benefiting from clinical research. So tune in, settle back, and don't touch that dial. It's time to get totally clinical. This week, Lydia Burdett joins us on the podcast. Lydia is Manager of Growth at LMC Manor, the largest network of fully owned and integrated research sites in Canada. Now, in the age of COVID, we've seen sponsors adopt technology at speed to adapt to the new landscape, and there are a number of challenges that come along with that. One of Lydia's key areas of focus is integrating these new technologies to set sites up for success. And she's here to explain more about how she makes these crucial decisions around the adoption of new technology. Welcome, Lydia. Now, could you tell me a bit about what your typical day looks like? Sure. And it's changed a little bit pre versus post COVID. Pre COVID, I often worked on site at some of our various clinical research sites, assisting with site operations management where I could. And as COVID has shifted many of us to more of a work from home scenario, um, my role has also shifted. So it means a lot more online meetings. A lot of my day is taken up by having regular touch points or meetings with physicians within our network, specifically if we're working with new uh, therapeutic areas and new investigators, and also working with some of our more veteran physicians, making sure they're fully engaged in research, figuring out how we can tweak the clinical research process to fit their practices better, that kind of thing. Um, I'm also... Uh, working on a daily basis with our quality management team uh, within our company, uh, especially when working with new technology adoption. Uh, an example of that might be if we've gone through a transition where we bring in e-source and e-regulatory platforms into our operations. So that required a full overhaul of uh, looking at our standard operating processes, looking at our quality management systems, and making sure that everything is still aligning with regulatory guidelines under a new system. And you're also involved in the recruitment, aren't you? On a day-to-day basis, I'm working closely with our business development, our recruitment teams, making sure we have uh, a good fit between what what research studies are at what uh, research sites, uh, seek actively seeking out clinical research trials in therapeutic areas that our physicians are interested in or molecules that our physicians have interest in, and also helping to think of innovative ways to reach out to patients, to educate patients, and just kind of uh, elevate the, the, the place that clinical research plays Uh, in the regular person's life. And how are you going about helping to make that shift from a patient point of view, from being seen as someone who is just patient X, say, to being a fully informed participant? One of our big uh, focuses within the way that we're reaching out to patients, we really try to focus on educating them about what a clinical trial process is, um, what responsibilities they may have in a clinical research trial, what the potential pros and cons are, and give them that more holistic view of what participating in a research research trial may look like. We also 
promote um, uh, like a day in the life picture of research trial participants, that kind of uh, outreach activities so people can feel a bit more comfortable with the idea of being in a research study and, and get rid of that uh, quote unquote guinea pig um, idea of being a research trial participant. So it really helps to uh, kind of humanize clinical trials, dispel any myths that are out there, especially with uh, the major publicity that clinical research trials have been getting lately with uh, that process through the COVID uh, vaccines, trying to make sure that we have well-informed, well-educated clinical research participants. One of your key roles is to get buy-in to new technology, which must be challenging across such a large site network. Could you explain a bit more about this? One of the areas that has presented a lot of challenges recently in the role that I've been playing uh, within LMC Nano Research is uh, the process of evaluating and adopting new technologies into our systems. We have a very large site network. So we have 23 clinical research sites spread across Canada. We have to work very hard to get buy-in about new technology across all of the end users of that. So whether that be a research coordinator or a lab technician, a research recruiter, a site manager, a physician, there's a lot of different use cases for uh, the technology. And we have to make sure that everybody can see that end goal, see how it will help us in the long run and and kind of hold hands as we get through the the, the bumpy phase of tech, technology adoption, uh, figure out the quirks, get used to the new workflows, that kind of thing. Our site staff have a, a ton of technologies that they interact with on a daily basis, working in clinical research. So that could be the electronic data capture systems, the electronic medical records, clinical trial management software, protocol-specific wearable sensors. Uh, it goes on and on which means that we need a very strong use case in order to bring in a new technology or a new platform. And it's even better if that platform can perform multiple functions. Could you tell the audience a bit more about best practices to help with technology adoption? One thing that we've found helpful to mitigate the challenge of adopting new technology is to set up what we've called power users at each of our sites. So they can be the eyes and ears on the ground, bring forward suggestions for improvement from any team members at their site, provide feedback on if anything is specifically frustrating, or uh, also they can provide good feedback if there's new ways we're doing things that are working well to let us know. Although sometimes you do have to prompt to get the good feedback and and the natural stuff that you get coming at you is all the, uh, the negatives. But that has helped us get through some of those challenges relating to technology adoption uh, at the research site level. You just touched on technology and adopting it on the ground. Could you tell me a bit about what criteria you use when deciding what technology to use? One of our big things we've been looking for in technology is ease of use from multiple locations, uh, especially where remote work and telemedicine have become so prevalent in the last year and a half. Our physicians, the monitors from the sponsoring companies, they're often completing tasks remotely, doing remote monitoring or telemedicine. So uh, working with a technology platform that allows these tasks to be completed remotely allows us to still keep our clinical trials at a very high quality. Um, For example, if an investigator is only on site once a week, they can still keep up with their sign-offs and their review of the clinical trial data on a daily basis instead of just that once a week when they're in. And how do you decide which companies to work with? 
So we're, we have a big focus on choosing a technology partner that is a, very aligned with the direction of growth that our company is doing. So we want to see that their group is growing, that their product uh, has expanded over the past couple of years, that the, the customer service has to be excellent. So we need to be confident that we're going to be able to get answers and responses if, if our if the product isn't working as, as expected. And then as well, reaching out to our network of, of other clinical research sites and research personnel who work with a similar system and getting feedback on how it's performed in, in real life rather than just what the sales pitch has been uh, saying. Um, so looking at that track record over the preceding years. We think it's very important to take time choosing the correct technology partner to avoid having issues down the line where it's not working well or not aligning or you're not getting the support that you feel that you need. And if you can get the right fit from the from the beginning, it can make for a much smoother process. In terms of the technology you use, I guess the more simple, the more clean, that's the kind of thing that benefits staff on the ground. Any technology that can be uh, used intuitively and require minimal training is ideal. Obviously, that is scaled based on the complexity of the work that you have to do within the technology. Um, but we've seen a number of technology vendors within the clinical research space in the recent in recent years try to really have that focus on building an intuitive to use and a, a straightforward technology that's fulfilling a clear need. Um, so Tecro, we've seen produce a product that can be used with minimal training, but does bring a high value in the sense that it's allowing for that disconnection from that physical paper protocol and giving us the ability to bring it more on the road and more easily referenced more specifically. Um, So that intuitive use platform has been very key in terms of what we're looking for when we when we are approached about a new technology or or trying to seek out a new technology. And I imagine the communication factor, again, plays an important role here. The ability to cross-communicate or uh, fulfill more than one function, which is another direction that we've seen TechRo take in terms of the ability to connect people properly. So a, a site to a research monitor, to a medical monitor, having those uh, communication connections uh, as efficient as possible and as intuitive as possible is something that I think will be really good for clinical research in the long run. So we've discussed technology, how you choose it and why. If we can now turn to the role of site staff, what are the obstacles when it comes to introducing them to this new technology? Oh, there's many. The main obstacle we see is very simple. It's just a resistance to change. People get comfortable with the system that they're using, with the way that they've done things, especially if they've been working in this industry for a long time. And when something new is introduced, there is a learning curve. There is a duration of time where you you have to get used to it and get comfortable to it. We find that the change resistance is always going to be lower if the technology has minimal technical issues. So that's part of that choosing the right technology uh, area. If the, the training and onboarding to that technology is stellar, then people will feel more comfortable in that new environment with those new processes. And then also just getting buy-in and getting feedback from the end users of that system. So they're part of that process of choosing the, the vendor of giving feedback to them so that it's it's 
a bottom-up rather than a top-down approach. And how has the pandemic affected the take-up of technology? We have found with COVID, we've had to dive into technology adoption quite quickly, as opposed to most of the scenarios where it's a more methodical process. Uh, I mean, in the span of, I, I think we all still remember the week or the couple days where everything switched from in-person to Zoom and Teams and telemedicine adoption happened overnight and patient visits were being done remotely or in hybrid models and we had patients driving by and sticking their arm out of the car windows to get their blood work done. It was, it was wild, it was crazy. And it was uh, very much a uh, um, keep your head above water, ride the wave scenario and an interdependence of all of the different teams to keep up with that. And then we kind of had to do things a little bit backwards where we then went through the whole process of getting all those technologies functioning well after they had already been implemented because we had to dive in the deep end with them to a certain extent. And finally, how do you feel the industry has changed in the last few years? Yeah, it's it's just interesting when you like reflect on the change that the clinical research industry has had. I mean, I started in clinical research formally seven years ago, um, and then I look at where it is now compared to at that time point. And then I, I remember when I was starting in clinical research, all of the other coordinators would say, oh, back in the good old days, it used to be paper charts and we'd be sifting through all these file folders to find our patients. And now it's it's in electronic medical records. And then seven years later, now we're, we get um, all of these artificial intelligence database querying technologies out there that can uh, data mine so much more efficiently. It's just, it's very interesting to look at that pace of change in terms of how we can find clinical research patients. There's been such a shift in the outlook or framework that clinical research has taken in the past couple years, where it's very much more that patient focused, what's our patient experience. That movement has been very interesting to me. But yes, it's I just think it's such a fascinating industry and such a, a high pace of change and um, that keeps me hooked. Thank you, Lydia, for joining me on the podcast today for this discussion about technology adoption on sites. And that's your dose of Totally Clinical. For all the listeners out there, you can follow Techro on Twitter. The handle is at Techro Official, LinkedIn and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, download the Totally Clinical podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google. See you on your next visit, and remember to bring your friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.